So, Alan, um, you were telling me you had this great idea for an Inspector Poirot cinematic extended universe. Screw off. This was your idea. (laughs) What did you ask me is like, how many many people would I know? And I said four. Four. Right. Does that include Poirot? Yes. Are you saying are you saying that this is a post Poirot cinematic universe? No, no, no. So we're starting off with a Poirot origin film. And uh, he's a young man in Belgium. Then who are the other characters? There's the inspector guy, right? Inspector Jap. So his whole story is like an old, you know, like a like a war story from the Boer War or whatever war would have been appropriate for his age. You know, I think you probably should have said Colonel Hastings for the guy who was in the war. But... Oh, well, that's what I meant. And then uh, for, for the inspector, of course, what you would do is a hard-boiled detective story. And that would be his movie. And uh, then who's the fourth person? Uh, Ms. Lemon? Yeah. So unfortunately, like in all cinematic universes, uh, Ms. Lemon doesn't get anything. No, no, there's going to be a Miss Lemon solo film, I heard. Nah, they're going to they're gonna do the uh, the joint action f- adventure film oh, first. no. <laughs> uh, do you have anybody else that you know of in the Poirot universe, Rob? I feel like there should be an origin story for the mustache. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance. Adventure mystery anything with an expired copyright it's time for another interrupted tale hello and welcome back everyone to the show that usually ends it's another episode of interrupted tales the podcast where my friend and i take turns reading stories to you the listener while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, with me, joining me, supporting me, <laughs> lifting me up. It's my good friend Rob. Rob, um, how would you describe the wind that is beneath my wings? That I'm, is you. I'm, I'm too choked up to speak. <clears throat> All right, well, that's great. We'll just head right into the story, which is, of course, the funniest part of our podcast. Tonight we have a intriguing story from several story uh, series. This is from the July 1926 edition of Amazing Stories, and it is entitled Dr. Hackensaw's Secrets, The Secret of the Invisible Girl by Clement Fizandi. I did a little background check on... Dr. Hackensaw's Secrets, <laughs> just in case it was uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt that I had missed. Uh, <laughs> I, and also to ensure that uh, there weren't any kind of additional copyright claims, as often happens when there's a popular series of stories. So I think with the answer being no, uh, we can conclude that this was not at all popular. Yeah, it was actually published in like four or five different magazines. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, curl up in your favorite chair while we read you this week's tale.
Chapter 1. A Strange Offer Dr. Hackensaw, I'm looking for a place. Well, my friend, you've come to the right place. Get it? Eh? Oh, wait, come back. I'll pay for cable for a month. Damn my wordplay. That appearance on income property was worthless. I just want to make sure, considering we might have three follow-on Dr. Hackensaw's stories, that's that's the voice we're going with, right? <laughs> I, uh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, and I'm sorry, my friend, but we have no vacancy at present. My name is Fessenden Keen. Sure it is. Listen, uh, next time you make up a name to rent out a room, go with something more realistic, like Rex Thunderpaw or Johnny Real Namington. No, I actually I went to kindergarten with Rex Thunderpaw. He uh, he picked his nose a lot. Oh yeah, that's how he got the the nickname. Oh, although I left school at the age of fifteen, I've studied at home and have the equivalent of a college education. Okay, don't be too impressed. He home majored in communications. A lot of talking to his books, huh? <laughs> oh, oh, I sometimes pile them up by color. We have so much fun. I'm very anxious to study inventing. And having heard a great deal about your marvelous inventions, I should like very much to work for you. Oh, sounds like he home minored in kissing ass. I mean, if you're going to go for a four-year program, you might as well try to get a double out of it, right? I'm sorry, but as I said before, there is no vacancy at present. In fact, this is the dull season, and I have more men on hand now than I know what to do with. Fall TV again, huh? <laughs> Fessenden Keen smiled. I know, said he that you have no vacancy for an ordinary man, but I am sure you have one for me. Oh, why didn't you say so? Let me kick out the Rhodes Scholars for some teenager with a degree from University of Phoenix right away. Hey, my lawsuit against them is going very well. I'd like <laughs> you to know that. Excellent. Dr. Hackensaw looked up in surprise at this conceited statement. He was about to make an angry reply, but a look at the clean-cut, intelligent features of the young man before him caused him to hold his tongue. In fact, he sat there holding it for several minutes with his right hand until the young man got uncomfortable and left. Psycho Hackensaw, he's done it again! <laughs> I held my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> the young man evidently had a strong will, for he continued... I know my own value better than you know it. I am so sure that you have a vacancy for me that I am willing to come to work for you for nothing. Hmm. On the one hand, free labor. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, free moron. It's a tough call. <laughs> and those are like uh, free kittens. You, you can't give them away. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. There's no. There's no gives back Caesar yeah. either. He's gonna follow him all summer. Thank you replied Dr. Hackensaw coldly. But I desire to pay my assistants for their work. Besides, as I said before, there is no work for you to do. I said good day, sir. I'll find work, replied the young man confidently, and plenty of it. 
Besides, I'm willing to do the dirtiest and most disagreeable work on the place. I am the Mike Rowe of the 1927s. <laughs> I used to have a job Mike on QVC. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? All I had to do was tell people to buy stupid, stupid necklaces. And now I'm neck deep in sewage water? I will black the boots, clean out the spittoons or the drains, and tend to the furnace, shovel snow, and so on. I'll be your porter and carry heavy bundles for you to any part of the city. Well, I do have this tightly rolled rug that I've been meaning to throw into the river. Uh, if it moves or makes any muffled screams while you're carrying it, just, just ignore that. Miss Pep speaks. Miss Torso dances. <laughs> Give him a trial, Pop, whispered Miss Pep Perkins who, seated at her typewriter, had overheard the conversation and was pleased with the young man's looks. Pep Perkins, girl reporter with horrible taste in men. She likes the go-getters, the, the boot blackers. <laughs> the spittoon cleaners. <laughs> yep. How can you live if I don't pay you any salary? asked Dr. Hackensaw of the young man. I have a couple of hundred dollars laid by that I save penny by penny for my wages on a ranch, where I worked for a while. A little place called the Hidden Valley. We paid for almost everything in crudite, so I really had to save a lot of pennies. Now, if you had to make an alternate joke involving ranches, Rob, what, do you, what would that be? I think it's a, uh, a little place called the Bunny Ranch. And believe me, I had to earn each penny. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> cleaning those spittoons one by one. <laughs> I can make that last me for a year. And I know that long before that time, I can convince you that my services are invaluable. And if I'm not convinced... Well, I, I hadn't thought that far. Can you do less than not pay me? Listen, boy, I'm sure I can think of something later, but put me on the spot. I Get don't back to me. Get back to me. Normally screw people over badly, it's, but... It, it's fine, Pops. I'll, uh, I'll figure out a good way for you to really put it to me. All right? In that case, I won't ask for anything. Very well, I'll engage you on your terms. You are to do all the hottest and most disagreeable work on the place, and are not to receive a cent in return. First order of business, get all the spiders out of the basement. They're just icky. Thank you. When will you begin? All right away. I see the windows in the next room haven't been washed for a month. I washed those yesterday, Jack. Damn it. I knew I should have bought that no-streak Windex. I hear you can just put toothpaste on it and, uh... All right. All right. You've been reading uh, Lifehacker again, Alan? Yeah, don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> I'll begin by cleaning those. And five minutes later, provided with a pail of water and a rag... Boy, he's already... <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Supplies, these incidentals are adding up. <laughs> and a rag? Oof. The young fellow was industriously polishing away at the windows, which soon shone as they had never shone before. 
Well, Pep, asked the doctor, what do you think of that young fellow and his proposition? I think I'm going on a manhunt and I've got him in my sights. I don't know what to think, but I like his looks. So do I. But for all that, he may be a burglar, and maybe choosing this means to learn where all the valuables on the place are kept. I have millions of dollars worth of unpatented ideas that an intelligent chap like him could steal. Just the rights to Billy Bass alone could set a man on easy street for life. And if the shake weight technology ever got to the wrong hands, it would be chaos in the streets. <laughs> well, let's be honest. The shake weight is always in the wrong hands. <laughs> it's never been in any the right hands. There are no right hands. For there the is no right hand for the shake weight. He looks like an honest fellow. Well, so did Michael Cohen. Wait, that's not true. That's that's not true at all. <laughs> Timely. Zing! Yeah. Did you, you hear about these uh, these guys in Washington? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, I did. <laughs> Looks don't count for much. The only other explanation I can see for his author is that he has fallen in love with you, Pep, and has chosen this way of coming near you. And Dr. Hackensaw smiled mischievously. Yes, he chose years of scientific study and devotion just to get chicks. Wait, so did Stephen Hawking. Okay, uh, carry on, science guy. Nonsense, cried Pep, blushing, but seemingly not at all displeased with the idea. Whatever the reason, young Keene soon made his services veritably invaluable. Or valuably inveritable. Or inverbally verifiable. True. He came early and stayed late. <laughs> he came early and stayed late and worked industriously all the time. One of his first jobs was to make a grand house cleaning. Room by room, he went over the whole establishment, opening every neglected cupboard and cleaning it thoroughly. He timed his work so well and did it so neatly as never to occasion discomfort to anyone. <laughs> I uh, was just using pledge on this table, and uh, of course, I do that in the nude. <laughs> so it's just that way I can see when the shine is clear as it's going to ever be. He did more. He installed cameras in every bathroom dressing area. Can't be too secure, the young fellow said. <laughs> uh,. Well, you know what uh, security experts always say is that uh, security through perversity is no security at all, Rob. <laughs> They're the experts. He made a card catalog of every document and every object in the place with a hieroglyph to indicate where the thing was to be found. Uh, excuse me, um, uh, Fessenden. Yes. Was it? Um, uh, why does my spoon have an epsilon etched into it? So I can reference its placement in my card catalog? Oh, so you can reference. I, I see. Um, excuse me while I use this telephone to uh, totally not call the authorities to report a lunatic, okay? No. Wait a minute. Uh, Why is there a picture of a horse etched into my telephone? It was soon learned that if anyone wanted some particular thing, 
There was no sense in hunting for it, for Keen could lay his hands on it in a minute. Um, Keen, yeah, uh, once again, great job on the cataloging. But um, mm-hmm. I don't remember having uh, all of these tattoos all over my body when I went to sleep last night. Oh, new system, new system, yeah. No, I if, believe me, Fessenden. I appreciate the ability to find my arms, but um, I'm just not sure I need the periodic symbol for helium all over them. Chapter 2. The Z-Ray Photograph. Or, as the cool scientists called it, the Z-Ray-Graph. Yeah. Yeah. graph Yeah, man. <laughs> Dr. Hackensaw, I've got something peculiar to show you. Damn it, young man, I'm not falling for that again. I found the first go with a cup mildly amusing, but the addition of the second was just too much. Why not give them each a cup? <laughs> it was peculiar. I'll give you that. <laughs> just like the, the problem was that they, that they only had one cup. Like that, that was the big problem. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the speaker was fessened and keen, bronzed from sunburn, and just returned from a trip to Central Africa, where he'd been sent on a confidential mission by the doctor. Let's get to the point here and say that some guy in Africa just made a mint selling baking soda to some idiot American trying to buy rhino horn. <laughs> oh, it was a mission. We had to send him out. Nobody else knows how to work the card catalog system and... <laughs> I don't know. If they came back with it, we wouldn't even know where it was. <laughs> it's chaos. Keen was now Dr. Hackensaw's right-hand man. His declaration that he would make himself indispensable was no vain boast. Before he had been in the doctor's service a week, it was evident that he was a man of extraordinary abilities and energy. Like Elon Musk, only likable and passing for human. <laughs> huh? You know, I enjoy the implication that he is uh, consolidating his power by shutting down all other rampant AIs. This is a Skynet situation here. Oh, yeah. he's, he's controlling the message. I get yeah. it. M-U-S-K, the multi-purpose unit for striking command. It all makes sense. I mean, they had to spell command with a K, but otherwise it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Hackensaw, however, in order to make the test thorough, kept him at work a whole month without any salary. <laughs> Just to be a dick, really. And then he decided to see what it'd be like if they replaced all the caffeine and the diet cherry cokes in the vending machines with bath salts. <laughs> Hurrah. At the end of that time, he made him a princely offer for his services and Needless to say, the boot blacking and spittoon cleaning ceased immediately. The man was too valuable to be allowed to spend his time in such duties. See, Alan, this is job creation at work. Now they have to hire a boot black and a spittoon cleaner, just uh, like every other modern household. Oh, you don't have one? Uh, no. How common. Hmm. Finally, the doctor, needing a confidential man to send to Africa, had entrusted Keene with the mission. Poor Pep Perkins was 
brokenhearted at his departure, because her admiration for this unique specimen of a man was unbounded. She had at last found a man who made her heart go tick-tack. And the doctors had given her six months to live. That's kind of like a heart murmur. <laughs> or she actually had a tic-tac lodged in a valve. Oh, but, you know, as long as your heart doesn't go knick-knack paddy-whack, then, <laughs> then you're gone. I think she'll make it to the hospital, at least. At least. Keen was now back from Africa, and it was after his business report that he exclaimed, Dr. Hackensaw, I've got something peculiar to show you. Damn it, son. I'm not going to say this again. I'm not that kind of doctor. What kind are you? Drew? Demento? Uh, Dre. You know, now that I see that you've taken the BuzzFeed quiz, you are a Dre. <laughs> what is it? Asked the doctor. It's a little memento I brought back from my African trip. As you know, I had with me some of the special cameras you invented for taking photographs at night without the need of flashlights. Along with a pair of those sunglasses you wear at night. So I can, so I can keep track of the visions in your eyes. They, uh, they don't work at all. Yes, said Dr. Hackensaw. I gave you photographic plates of two kinds. I gave you plates that were sensitive to electric emanations so that you could take photos of the aura that surrounds living beings. And the other kind would give puppy ears and noses to anyone you took a picture of. Oh, yeah, the, uh, Hackensan emojis. <laughs> They really, really failed to catch on. Precisely, said Silas. What you call the Z-ray plates. The Z-ray plates. Yes, you call them the Z-ray plates. You're right. I, just saying the we cool doctors. On... Just saying the cool doctors, too. Yep. Well, the curious thing I have to show you is one of the Z-ray plates photographs that I took near Mangala. I think you'll find it rather curious. So saying, Fessenden Keen took from his pocket a photograph, which he handed to the doctor, and Pep left cleaning her typewriter in order to get a better view. I would joke that it was the world's first dick pic, but uh -huh. uh, George Eastman took that in 1884. Did he? Mm hmm And how. He had to stand still for 45 minutes. You wouldn't believe the origin story about the first brownie camera. <laughs> A young girl and her aura. A young girl and her aura. The first installment of the next hot YA book series to take the world by storm. Book one of the Dumb Bullshit Chronicles. It's still a better name than his Dark Materials. <laughs> <laughs> dumb Bullshit Chronicles. Book two. I like to know that it's going to be a series before I start reading the first <laughs> book, you know? That way I know I can invest in it. Yeah, I want to see the dumb bullshit span years of time and really see, really get to know the characters and all their bullshit. The photograph represented what appeared to be a beautiful young girl in a state of nature, but surrounded by an aura of electric emanations. So, naked and glowing. That's what that means, right? Well, what is there peculiar about this? asked the doctor. It's just an ordinary photograph of a young lady taken on a special plate in order to show the aura. No, indeed, replied Keen. 
I took that snapshot in bright sunlight, and not a trace of a girl could I see. It was a bird I was photographing, and I hadn't the faintest idea there was a girl anywhere near me. Ah, uh, but I thought you was taking a picture of a bird, Gov. Blimey, and what a bird it is! Could you, while I have you, could you uh, explain me the origins of the, the term hairy rag for me? <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't do that. Uh, it's, all, uh, it's all sixes and sevens. Dr. Hackensaw. Do you believe there are such things as invisible creatures? Well, yes, there are. In the water, there are certain animals like jellyfishes that are so transparent that they are practically invisible. Nope. Okay, I'm stretching a little bit. <laughs> a little right? bit. Because they're... No, but I'm saying... Well, you know, I've, I've got glaucoma, so I don't really think that's... <laughs> It's kind of you to... Among the animalcules, too, there are many whose small size renders them invisible, and there are some that are so transparent that we cannot see them until they are stained even with a microscope. Yes, yes, everyone knows this about animalcules. Wait, are, are those the, those cute Japanese things like sumsums? Rob, let me introduce <laughs> you to the new magic of Oofoofy. Oh, no. Yeah, if you thought Tsum-Tsums were too cute and took up too little space, <laughs> here's some giant fucking plush things that have an even dumber name. I don't know. It's big, it's round, it's $30. <laughs> is... You bet. Oh, God. And each of my daughters has to have one. <laughs> That is what makes it so difficult to discover the specific microbe that causes a disease. We must find some stain that will make the microbe visible. And this isn't always easy. The celebrated Earhart had to try no less than 606 different stains before he found one that would color the microbes that cause syphilis. Then just in time, too. I'm still angry he gave it to me. Once he found the proper stain, however, he was able to incorporate drugs with it and then was thus enabled to have his drugs carried to the bodies of the microbes. Man, those microbes were, like, so high, dude. Woo! How high were they? Woo! <laughs> but while invisible things are common in the microscopic world, we know of no large invisible animals. Well, there are the rodents of unusual opacity, but uh, I don't believe they even exist. Well, it depends whether you use an RGB or CMYK, I think. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of settings involved. Several lots that I use, <laughs> you know, just to get the right feel. Then the original of this photograph is the first one, said Keen. And I wish to ask your permission to return to Africa and try to capture her. Travel to another country to capture a human being? Uh, you're a white male scientist in the 20s, of course. I don't think you even need a passport for that. <laughs> no, you just tell them what you're doing. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, right, right this way, sir. Why didn't you try while you were over there? 
I unfortunately didn't develop the negative until after my return to the United States. Well, assented the doctor, a search for an invisible girl is worse than a search for a needle in a haystack. But the thing is so curious that we ought to make the attempt. I'll order my rapid aeroplane and Pep and I will go with you. Wait, I just traveled for five months by ship and caravan and you have a rapid aeroplane? This is very rapid. You know what? You go look for this lady. I'm going on sabbatical. Okay, but I insist that I pay you. <laughs> Was the boot blacking too strenuous for you? <laughs> Listen, if you want a demotion, you can go right back to the spittoons. <laughs> no, 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 you're right, Doctor. Chapter 3 Bunches of Bananas for Bait Or How to Catch a Wild Axel Foley Just because he likes to put him into right in the tailpipe. Spitzoon, yep. Here we are, Doctor, exclaimed Fessenden Keen. This is the very spot where I took the snapshot, as you can see by comparing it with the photograph. Even now, said Pep, I don't see how we can ever hope to find the invisible girl. Pep spoke of its being as hard as looking for a needle in a haystack, but it seems to me much harder. Actually, wait, that was the doctor and your Pep. Did you remember to take those antiviral meds before the trip, or is the ayahuasca finally kicking in? Oh, you sweet summer child, the way you spelled ayahuasca there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, assented the doctor. But to a scientist, there would be no difficulty in finding a needle in a haystack. He would merely spread out the hay and pass a strong electromagnet over it. And in a few minutes, the needle would be found clinging to the magnet. Then why did you say it was so tough four paragraphs ago? I thought you said beetle. That doesn't even make sense. Okay, well, maybe I thought you said flapjack. Ah, <laughs> huh. where can we get some flapjacks around here? Uh, nowhere close, but uh, it's only 20 minutes by rapid aeroplane. <laughs> you son of to a the bitch. IHOP. Excuse me, I hob. Mm. <laughs> Perhaps so, said Pep. But at least you can see the needle when you do find it. Here we can't see the girl. And even if she were right in front of us, if we took a snapshot of her with the rays, she would probably be gone by the time the negative was developed. Dr. Hackensaw smiled. You forget, Pep, said he, that we have other senses besides the sense of sight. Brilliant, Doctor. We'll capture her by smell. Quick, everyone form a circle and start sniffing. Here are your nets, and let's hope that no one within 20 miles is wearing Axe body spray. Besides, there are ways of making the invisible visible. Flower, for instance. <laughs> now just bear with me. Glitter. We get a glitter gun. Don't imagine for an instant I've come unprepared. In fact, I have several strings to my bow. If he pulls out a ukulele and plays You Belong to Me, this podcast is over. You will remember that we stopped a while in Mongala, mm -hmm. and I heard news there that will be of use to us. Hunting parties out after lions or elephants have noticed the mysterious 
disappearance of their provisions. Bunches of bananas disappear. And also the strips of hippopotamus meat that they hang up to dry. Oh, my God. Oh, story, stop making me hungry. Actually, Alan, give me a second to grab a bag of uh, Jack Link's hippo strips. Oh, have you taken the uh, Carolina Reaper water buffalo strip challenge? Oh, no, I don't have the stomach for it. I had to uh, I had to give up after I d- tried the special Cool Ranch duck 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 fuck. It's an animal. Like okay. a like a uh, like a gazelle. This knowledge will be very useful to us. The girl evidently has no way of obtaining provisions except by stealing them. Hence, a bunch of fine bananas would make a tempting bait. Oh, exclaimed Pep, that's the reason you loaded up the aeroplane with such quantities of bunches of bananas. Yes, uh, that's it. Uh, Surely it wasn't any kind of miscommunication with my bandana supplier. Plus, we're uh, we're meeting... uh... (laughs) You're meeting who? Little Steven. We're meeting a little Steven there, and I oh wanted God, to... he's gonna be... Oh, he's gonna be so disappointed. I know, he doesn't wear bananas on his head. He wears bandanas on his head. It's, it's <laughs> the worst thing that could happen. Oh. Precisely. Our first job is to locate the girl. To do this, we will hang up small bunches of bananas at likely spots near the White Nile, where she must go for water. And when tomorrow we find one or two of the bunches missing, we may strongly suspect one invisible girl of being the culprit. Or, of course, any number of monkeys, giraffes, elephants, toucans, or bats. Don't be silly, they're not invisible. Just regular people you can see who like bananas in the cover of darkness. Yeah, any of them. It was no easy task tramping through the wilds. Precaution was necessary, as lions, leopards, and elephants abounded in the region, and even the crocodiles were dangerous, the post-boat captain having informed our adventurers that he had had two of his men devoured by crocodiles the past year. But they look so cuddly and cute. All right, well, how about we take a break, Rob? What it is, everyone. I'm Jacob Meza, the host of the podcast, So It Is Told. Each week, I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my god, they are cannibals! Magic. (laughs) And all-around madness. They're birthing hips! Available on any mainstream podcast directory. Fresh. The Animal's Dread of Man. Their disappointing follow-up to House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, I I hear that's why he left to start Argent. And then, of course, God gave rock and roll to him. And and now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) Fortunately, most of the wild animals had acquired a real wholesome dread of man. Even a herd of elephants would fly from a single person. 
It's a curious sight to see a herd of these huge monsters quietly feeding when a single man comes to windward of them. They all lift up their skirts and run screaming like women in an old Tom and Jerry cartoon. First one trunk goes up in the air as the man's scent is wafted to the herd. Then another and another trunk is raised and moves about until the direction of the scent is located. Then the whole herd marches briskly away at a rate no ordinary hunter can attain. When all the bait was hung up, carefully suspended out of the reach of elephants... Wait a minute, wait a minute. So it's out of the reach of elephants, but not presumably normal-sized invisible women? How exactly would that work? They stand on the elephant's backs, Rob. I don't... It's like you (laughs) don't understand the... How the animal kingdom works. The perfect crime. The party returned in their airplane to Mangala to spend the night. The next morning they returned to examine the bait, and to their joy they found several of the bunches of bananas missing. So pleased they were, they did the African anteater dance in celebration. But then they got too cocky and learned an important lesson that being cool isn't worth losing your cool. I am lost (laughs) you are not a fan of the late 80s patrick dempsey classic can't buy me love pizza boy (laughs) what else was patrick dempsey (laughs) there was a movie called pizza boy right yeah pizza man i think it was called though why are why does he have so many racing records listed on his wikipedia wait no racing like car racing Oh, so he's like, uh, he fancies himself a modern-day Steve McQueen? No, I don't think Steve McQueen was in Pizza Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lover Boy? Lover Boy. Lover Boy. What is Lover Lover Boy? Boy? So he's a Pizza Boy, or Pizza Man, because the boy thing is kind of weird, Alan, i got to be honest. He's a Pizza Man. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) Pizza delivery guy. Uh Uh-huh. And if a woman called and ordered a certain weird combination of uh, toppings, okay, that meant he was to go over and uh, uh, hit him up uh, for money. I mean, I've seen the movie. I just didn't know if it existed. <laughs> it's, it's like Shazam. I have the entire plot of Loverboy in my head, Rob. I just... It's possible I dreamed it. I don't, I've never seen the movie, but I know that entire plot. All right. Ah, I wonder if there was a joke in there anywhere. (laughs) In most of the places, no tracks could be found in the hard earth, but near one of the trees, a small footprint could be plainly discerned in the sand. There's our young lady, cried the doctor, and I propose we name her Lily Foot. (laughs) What? You'd... You think that that sounds absurd and not apropos of anything? I didn't say a word. Go ahead, Doc. I also spelled foot with an E at the end. I thought it made it seem a little more like a real last name. That that did the trick. Yep. Mm-hmm. It will be handy to have some name to know her by. Even an incredibly stupid one like Lilyfoot. How about, hey... That invisible girl over there. <laughs> Excuse me, she's the invisible woman now? Is she? Oh, yeah. Long time. Does she deliver pizzas under that name? 
<laughs> Not under that name. She keeps that life very separate from her day-to-day -day work at the Fantastic Four. Yes. When we catch her, muttered Pep to herself. Pep, Pep, be better, not bitter. You have so much more to bring to the table. Like being visible in a spectrum of light humans can easily see. Yeah, yeah, Pep. Be better. Be better. I feel like I've heard that phrase on a angry Twitter comment or some kind of jacket back. I can't quite place where I would have heard that phrase. Mm, probably is pretty meaningless. Now, said the doctor, the problem is, shall we try to trap her here, or shall we follow her to her den? For she must have a lair somewhere, safe from the wild beasts. How could you follow her? asked Keen. It would be easy enough if we had a good dog, but you can get nothing of the kind here. Yes, only bad dogs that got in the trash and were then sent to deepest Africa for punishment. It's a hell of a grounding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can come back when they understand what they did, Alan. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. I'm sure that they understand why they're there. I have something better than a dog, answered Dr. Hackensaw. I have my trusty old super nose, or smell amplifier. It is really nothing but a series of half a dozen specially constructed audions designed to amplify smells instead of sounds. Okay, so uh, this guy is literally just Professor Farnsworth at this point. He's got a smelloscope and everything. Dog news, everyone! <laughs> Calling one of his servants, Dr. Hackensaw took from one of the bags a small case, which we fastened like a knapsack on his back. We? Yeah, it's a... Who's? It's a three-man operation to put this thing on. Uh, no, but there was an omniscient narrator for <laughs> the entire story. And then he's oh like, hey guys, need a hand with that knapsack? <laughs> What? <laughs> You're totally right. <laughs> he saw the story was going nowhere quickly, so he decided <laughs> to just get in there. And... Okay, let's move this along, guys. Okay, but <laughs> if the knapsack is holding us back, I, I can help. <laughs> Two tubes projected from the instrument. One somewhat rigid with a flaring end, <clears throat> which the doctor held over the scent. The other tube ended in a small mask, which fitted over the doctor's nose. Well, you know what's weird is when you get uh, two doctors with, that each have their own smell of tubes, and then they, they, they got to smell each other's smell of tubes. Oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't know why the community supports that. Thus equipped, Dr. Hackensaw could follow a scent better than the very best hunting dog. All while looking only slightly stupider than the very best Rob Kardashian. Nearing the quarry. Starting at the footprint, the doctor had no difficulty in picking up the trail, and started along it, followed by his friends and the porters. For several miles, he pursued his quarry in this manner, when he came to a tall tree and then paused, and looked up into the branches. Nothing was visible. She climbed up here, said the doctor, and is here yet? I can tell because I can't see her. The science checks out. 
Unless she came down on the other side. In which case, I still am certain she's here. <laughs> he made a rapid tour of the tree and then returned. She is still up in the tree, which I've confirmed not visually. <laughs> Smelling her. All we've got to do now is catch her. Yes, that's all, returned Keen sarcastically. Oh, Fessenden, you bitch. But how are you going to catch a girl you can't see? I brought a lariat with me, but how are you going to lasso a girl unless you can see her? I have an answer for that, returned Dr. Hackensaw, for I have brought with me several pairs of specially constructed electrical spectacles. Or spectacle electricals. Or elliptical specters. <laughs> or Arlen Specter. What are they? Uh, they're spectacles so constructed that they make electrical emanations visible. I thought it was pretty apparent from my title. <laughs> but wait a minute, wait a minute. He's only pulling these out now after the plane full of bananas and his stupid smelloscope thing? Listen, the Snapchat people are all around and I... <laughs> I don't want them getting any ideas, okay? They're watching me pretty close. You had glasses that could make us see her this entire time. Okay, well, it's also the lawsuit with the blue blockers, people, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, I've got to be very careful about this intellectual property. This invisible girl is, as we know by her photograph, surrounded by an aura. These spectacles will make that aura visible to us, and it will be our own fault if we do not catch the girl. It's kind of like that stuff I invented with the picture, but uh, it makes a lot of them very close together and very quickly. And you can just see invisible women when you wear them. A moment later, the doctor... Pep and Keen were each equipped with the unique spectacles and were gazing intently up the tree. But the girl was well concealed in the leaves, and they could see nothing. Never mind. I'll climb up with my lariat, and if I see her, we'll soon have her. I've lassoed plenty of wild cattle out on the ranges out west. Ranges? The ranges. <laughs> the <laughs> home, home on the ranch. <laughs> With the deer and the antelope play. <laughs> I've lassoed plenty of wild cattle on the ranches out west. Yes, the name Fessenden Keen was well known in the old west as the sharpest of shooters and ropiest of Mr. Ropers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A moment later, the young fellow, with a slip noose in hand, was ascending the tree while Pep and the doctor looked eagerly from below. I see her, cried Keen, and as he shouted the words, a rustling in the leaves was heard. I see her too, cried Pep, or rather, I see what looks like the shadow of a girl. She's coming down the tree, letting herself drop from branch to branch, like a monkey. Or like a person climbing down a tree. Let's not make too much of someone doing this here, all right? No, I meant that she's using her tail, like an... Ape would. But no, no. <laughs> it was a most peculiar sight, 
the aura of this invisible girl as she rapidly descended. But she was no match for a western cowboy like Keen. Uh, remember that time at the beginning of the story where he talked about working at a ranch before and how you thought that was never going to come back or you completely forgot it and all of a sudden it's the biggest thing in this story? Well, he's a good old regulation cow puncher. <laughs> he watched her descent, bracing himself against the trunk of the tree and seizing his opportunity, shot the loop of his lariat over her shoulders and pulled it tight. The girl made a spring, but hung dangling, helpless, from the rope. Classy science guy. Real classy. I feel like uh, Dr. Marston would find a way to convince me that this was all very scientific. Completely necessary for the story. <laughs> Extremely important to the plot. <laughs> and also very American. I've got her cried Keen. I'll let her down to you carefully, but I recommend you tie her tightly so we can get her into the cage we bought for her. Oh boy. She looks like a slippery customer. Uh, like that guy who greased himself up so he could slip to the front of the line at Walmart on Black Friday. I almost got that TV for 50 bucks and the bastard slid right past me. Also, um, don't cage people. That's, okay. Uh, not cool. Not cool. Chapter 4. Conclusion Here we are, back in New York again, cried Dr. Hackensaw gaily, five days later as his swift aeroplane entered its hangar. Wow, I, uh, I see the definition of swift has changed a lot of times in, in the past century or so. I think you meant in story time. This was, uh, this was quite a leap. Our first job now will be to teach Aura to speak. Wait, what the hell? What happened to me calling her Lilyfoot? It was such a great name. Everybody <laughs> said so. Listen, um, Doctor, we, uh, the guys and I and Pep, we, uh, we had a little vote last night and, uh, everyone's really creeped out by Lilyfoot. Okay, shut up, Rob. See, the next sentence is going to explain everything. Aura was the name that had been finally decided upon for the invisible girl. Lily Foote did not seem very satisfactory. No shit. Hey, listen, the proud family line that started with Antonius Athletus Foote <laughs> is not to be maligned by you, sir. Her father, her father Big would have nothing to do with me if I, he heard me say that. There's, um... Friend of the family. <laughs> Friend of the family. Uh-huh. What was, what was that person's name? Uh, Mr. Claudius Tenactin. <laughs> you know what? I, I heard about that guy. He was pretty loud, but uh, it was all just an act. <clears throat> just kill uh, Just uh, <clears throat> reset. The girl evidently possessed a language of her own and a few Arabic and Shillic words that she had evidently overheard the natives use, but otherwise knew nothing and owned nothing. Well, she, she knew how to steal bananas from idiot scientists, so you gotta give her that. Rope evasion, however, was not her greatest skill. <clears throat> mm. 
Hey, audience, I know somewhere somewhere in the past they should have made a this trap is bananas, B-A-N-A-S <laughs> joke, but uh, I'm not going to cut that in. So let's just, we can all pretend it's one big story. <laughs> Take a look. It's in a book. As Mix explains. Who the fuck is Mix? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As Mix expressed it, when they found her, she didn't even have a pagoda on. He evidently meant kimono. Oh, that's our Mix. <laughs> Mix has been the airplane pilot on their expedition. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, did I, the author, forget to mention him until now? All part of the plan, reader. Not just some useless character introduced for no reason. <laughs> this Migs is the launchpad McQuack of this story. Oh, you know what that means, Alan. Of what? A Dr. Hackensaw Cinematic Extended Universe. Oh, oh God. Have the Migs movie, the Pep movie. Oh, so much you could do. I guess maybe Fessenden and King turns into... Gizmo Duck at some point. <laughs> well, yeah, if we're gonna tie them all up, I think he would he would end up being Gizmo Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Doctor Hackensaw, obviously. Don't need okay. to say it. Pep is um, Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. And Miss Lemon is <laughs> Magica Dispel in a role that will surprise you, <laughs> Doctor Hackensaw with his usual foresight, had realized that if they caught the girl, they would have to have some means of making her visible. I've invented science spray paint. It's regular spray paint with extra asbestos for just the right tingling sense of science. I wonder how they're going to know where the invisible poop is and they don't <laughs> step in it. <laughs> well, I think you, you jump into a conclusion that it doesn't become visible when it leaves her body. I am jumping to that conclusion, Oh, so that whole, like, tree where they were at could have been covered. It's called a scientific hypothesis, and we either (laughs) prove it or disprove it, okay? Accordingly, he had brought along a trousseau for her. Wait, isn't that a wedding dress? That's what they thought to bring along? No, I believe that's a French uh, movie director, Rob. Oh, yes, that's right. It didn't fit very well but was more suitable than the electric aura, which had been her sole garment previously. Plus, she was ready to appear a 90-day fiancé at any moment. To render her face visible, he had also brought along a vanity case, and when her cheeks were powdered and her lips painted, and made into a modern-day doll, uh... (laughs) Yeah, nothing creepy about it, either. I'm gonna explain something to you about what happens when you become visible... And then people can judge your appearance. <laughs> a harsh lesson indeed. And she was attired in modern costume. You couldn't have told her from an ordinary girl, except for the absence of visible eyes. And of course, her invisible touch. I think you're out of touch, Rob. And <laughs> no, out of time. I'm not. I've got to touch. Uh, and no, Alan, I'm not going to touch you in the morning. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. We made we made an agreement on that. I'm not going to back out. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, you can renege anytime. We have a 30-day clause in there, so if you want to okay. renegotiate. Well, 
A pair of spectacles, however, concealed this defect. Oh, yeah. Big, huge glasses and a ton of makeup would make her totally inconspicuous. Science! Oh, boy. Yeah. Caked in makeup. She's going to look like uh, Princess uh, Queen Amidala. I don't know. I don't get the reference, Rob. Well, Alan, have you ever heard of these Star Wars films? Yes, all five of them. <laughs> plus the Knights of the Old Republic lore. And also Kyle Katarn, but not Dash Rendar. <laughs> and the Rogue Squadron novels. Fuck you. <laughs> Fessenden Keen fell in love with Aura at first sight. So the writer just fell into this sly turn of phrase, right? Because there's nothing from this story so far that would indicate that he could do something clever like that. He looked deep into the voidless pit that was her eyes. And he oh. knew right then it was going to be difficult to find eye makeup that was actually eye makeup. <laughs> And poor Pep was madly jealous, for in the whole-souled, breezy Westerner, she had at last found a man who had won her heart. Girl, just be happy, because you just dodged an idiot-sized bullet here. But she was a good girl, and managed to conceal her feelings. <laughs> Healthy. Lock it away, and <laughs> make sure that nobody ever hears about it. And go read a Gabriel Garcia Marquez book. And she was very good indeed to her rival, who evidently returned Keen's affections. Yes, her love was obvious through the way she looked at him with her invisible eyes and threw at him her invisible poop. See, you think this invisible poop too. That's true. I, I think it would be invisible. Okay. Oh. Thank you. I, now we can get down to the real... Dirty work of science, Rob. <laughs> Plus, remember, every time you go to the toilet, just flush first. No, don't do that. We're going to need some control poop. <laughs> we have a room full of control poop. Keen spent hours teaching Aura how to speak and also training her in the elements of civilization, for she knew less than a child. Unfortunately, the climate of New York did not agree with her. Let's just say her aura was red. Uh, she who in the tropics could stand a dry heat of 120 degrees Fahrenheit suffered under a damp heat of 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the dry heat of the tropics. <laughs> yeah. And they say science fiction writers don't do research. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, Central Africa has vast Serengeti plains, Rob. Well, there are elephants, which are more plain animals, but then there are other animals that describe more jungle. Hmm. Something about this story just doesn't hold up. You think there's a scientific inaccuracy here or there? I think it's a clue to something, Alan. Okay. Maybe this has been like a Dan Brown book this whole time. Yeah, it has been unreadable. <laughs> Three months after her arrival in the United States, she became ill. And in spite of Dr. Hackensaw's strenuous efforts to save her, died! <laughs> what? She died? What? Because it was slightly damper and cooler? What? They didn't free willy her at any point? No, she she uh she fell in love, stuck around a few months, and then died. And I'm sure it had nothing to do with the odd smelling smoothie Pep had started giving her every morning. <laughs> 
Oh, that's just... No, honey, that's just the kale. It always tastes terrible. It's the perfect cover for Strychnine. Perfect cover for anything. Keith was inconsolable for a long time. Well, she died as she lived. A plot point and a dumb story. And that's how she'd want to be remembered. <laughs> but some years later, he married Pep. And the pair were very happy together as his second choice. Yep, Pep. Second choice to an invisible woman. I'm sure that did nothing to her self-esteem. Mig's heart... Mig! <laughs> yeah, Mig's is back. Mig's heart almost broke at the time, for he was devoted to Pep. But he finally consoled himself with a peroxide blonde. Oh what? Wait a minute. This guy is getting a conclusion in the story? He just got here. Maybe they'll uh, tell us how this spittoon retired to Arizona and took up raising show dogs, too. That's <laughs> ah, our Migs. As for Dr. Hackensaw, he is still alive and continues making his wonderful inventions. He also had Aura stuffed and put in his living room, but since she was invisible, it was kind of dumb. <laughs> important message that joke didn't land hold on i got uh dr hackinson on the line oh dr hackinson oh can you text him about tomorrow night let me say tell him he's got to come out new zray phone <laughs> who dis the end <laughs> Was this the last of the Dr. Hackensaw stories? Uh, I mean, are they going to introduce more extraneous characters that have animal house-like conclusions to their lives? <laughs> There's supposed to be other people who live at the house. I'm sure you had a lot of insight into what the moral of the story was, Rob. Well, Ellen, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think the moral of the story is actually pretty resonant for our time. So, so bear with me here and think mm -hmm. about this. A, a, a love between a stalwart presumably lily white man of the 20s with an african lady sure she's invisible and they put her in white pancake makeup but i think there's mm. a lesson underneath all of this that that love conquers all as long as no one sees you doing it i think my moral to the story is that you can't always see things until you find the right stain and then there she is just like syphilis <laughs> <laughs> we gotta open an etsy store and start making cards tune in next time for another interrupted you know i feel like genesis was being too flaky about the fact that she seems to have an invisible touch i mean she either has it or she doesn't have it alan also the invisible man sleeping in your bed from ghostbusters the theme to the hit movie ghostbusters is not cool if you're invisible you should at least knock three times or wear those glasses that have noses attached to them. It's just common courtesy. Tell. <laughs>